Black Helicopter Radio. Uh, my name is Ed Walker. Today is the fourth day of November 2010. Uh, for Just to clear up any confusion, I originally tried to schedule uh, Chris White to do a live interview, but uh, the Blog Talk channel, we've been having actually a, a number of issues with it lately. Uh, so I honestly, I don't know if I really, if I made a mistake or if there's just some some glitch in the system. But it uh, was scheduled. Um, it was meant to be scheduled at 10 p.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time, which is the, the normal time that you all know, and that's the time I always do it Tuesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern. But it uh, scheduled it for the fifth at 1 a.m. So just completely off time. So instead of I don't, you know, either canceling it or trying to. I did try to fix it; it didn't work. I just, I just decided just to go ahead and do a pre-record, which is fine. And I do apologize for the people that wanted to call in. I know I had a number of you tell me that you did specifically want to ask a Chris uh, White uh, questions. So I apologize about that. Uh, Chris said in the future, though, uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a live show down so you guys uh, can do that. But. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's what it is, Blog Talk Radio, it, it's, you know, it's not perfect, but it does the job of getting, you know, the message out there, so. Um, anyways, let me just go into uh, the show then. So, uh, Chris, how have you been doing? The last interview we did got, was, I mean, was received really well, and I still get people talking about that, so that's why I wanted to have you back on. Yeah, it was it was really fun, um, and the questions really kept that rolling, so... It was just I got a lot of really good responses from that. People were uh emailing me for a while about that. So it was really cool. I had a lot of good uh good responses. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And then I've been uh my show's been covering some of the issues that we talked about um back then. I've been going into theosophy a lot actually. I've also I wanted to get your take on um some of these uh, UFO uh, religions. I've been doing shows on those and they're very very similar to theosophy. And, uh, you know, the whole, I mean, there's a bunch of them, but, you know, talking about these old UFO religions, and they, they basically are theosophy, but instead of the Ascended Masters being, you know, these spiritual, these higher evolved spiritual beings, they just kind of switched around and make them extraterrestrials. But uh, have you looked into those groups at all, the UFO religions? Um, Like, you mean like the Raelians and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean... I I don't know a lot of the nuts and bolts of, about them, but I certainly know the basic stuff. They they certainly uh, pick and choose from the same pool of stuff that everybody is kind of drawing from. You know, somebody might take a little bit of Zachariah Sitchin here mixed in with a little bit of, you know, this over here, and it's just everyone does a little something different, but it's basically the same thing. And you know, all of it's really the same thing, whether they they're using aliens or ascended masters. It, it's it basically comes down to this. Uh, an evolution is coming. We can be like them uh, if we are able to get go through the evolution. And so there's they. I know that is pretty simplistic, but ultimately that's what it all comes down to: evolve or die. The 2012 stuff. Everything is about that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the fundamental beliefs of the Illuminati is uh, that man, uh, through the use of intellect, can become. Like God, but yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, yeah, they all. It's, it's amazing actually how similar their uh, beliefs are compared to like the Theosophical Society. And then specifically, I called out this one, this group called uh, Ashtar Command, which um, believes uh, Ashtar is the name of this uh, extraterrestrial being who was claimed to be channeled by UFO contactee uh, George Van Tassel. So it's interesting though because. I mean, okay, so you look at the Theosophical Society and they claim to be channeling ascended masters. And then um, it kind of shifted, though. You know, these UFO cults kind of started around the Cold War, that era. So it's almost like 
they just have the same message, same idea, but instead of ascended masters, it just kind of changed with the times, and, and you know, instead of that, it goes into extraterrestrials because that's more, uh, you know, within the nuclear age and stuff. That's what they thought maybe that would uh, be a, a better way to spread the message. So, <laughs> right, you know, it's it's funny about that because it's it's very it's very correct what you're saying that um, when when there is channeling going on, and it doesn't really matter if it's. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research on David Icke, and he did a lot of channeling in his early days, but he described channeling in a few different ways. He would get it direct sometimes, which was hearing voices in his head, whether it was through automatic writing, which a lot of early theosophy did, but they also got it direct or through uh, um, a lot of other different ways. Whatever way it comes, um, and you can find all kinds of different uh, places that don't claim uh, to be a part of theosophy or whatever, but they all tend to have the same basic message, and it's really fascinating. I think I, I did this in, in part of the research that I was doing. It was just starting reading channeled material from all over the place. Um, I found a list of people that were you know, hugely famous that claimed that their writings were channeled, and the consistency, regardless of what the being was telling the individual, that was clearly dependent upon the individual's paradigm. Like if the person grew up in a certain situation that per, that they were channeling – you know, a relative or, you know, whatever. Uh, and maybe it was Egyptian God in in the case of like, you know, certain people or, or as you're saying, Pleiadians or, or aliens from different planets. A lot of the early stuff about the enlightenment and all this stuff uh, came from uh, Pleiadians. And then there was another group. Anyway, it, it's all over the board, but the message is consistent. And I think that that's really where the focus of the new world order research has to go. If we're honest with ourselves, because they say, like here, let me let me give you a quote here from uh, from these beings that are talking about the new world order. Um, they say, in a preparatory period for the new world order, this is this is the entity talking. There will be a steady and regulated disarmament. It will not be optional. No nation will be permitted to produce and organize any equipment for destructive purposes or to infringe the security of any other nation. Uh, another quote is, the New World Order must meet the immediate need and not be, be an attempt to satisfy some distant idealistic vision. The New World Order must be appropriate to a world which has passed through a destructive crisis and to a humanity which is badly shattered by the experience. The New World Order must lay the foundation for a future world order which will be possible only after a time of recovery, of reconstruction and re rebuilding. But they don't go into it here, but um, this this New World Order is what these beings are very, very focused on. But yet somehow we've got it into our heads that if we really look behind the curtain of a lot of these people that we are following in the in the truth movement, th their beliefs and their teachings are, a, are even by their own admission from these same beings that have obviously an agenda to set up a new, the new world order. Um, so we're, we're like sheep to a slaughter, most of, most of us here, and, and we haven't, we've failed to recognize the nature and the, the actual agenda of the New World Order, which is a spiritual agenda, apparently. Even by the, out of their own mouth, it's a spiritual agenda. That these beings are desiring the world, world order. They're playing the people that just to get them to spread the message. And here we're thinking, you know, it's about, um, you know, you know uh, smaller things. And so because of that, our defenses are down when we are trying to who who we're saying is uh right and who we're saying is wrong cuz we don't we don't we're not seeing the the nature of the agenda i didn't explain that quite well but i think it's close to your point there 
Yeah, the uh, and actually, were those? I think, if I'm not mistaken, some of those quotes were taken from Externalization of the Hierarchy by Alice Bailey. And they were, it, yeah. Okay, and then the term New World Order, I mean, that's uh, kind of what I try to, when I really want to simplify it uh, to people, the point I'm making is, um, okay, so, you know, a lot of these researchers that you, you know, you talk about and expose and... Uh, they're they're associated with you know the anti new world order movement, but they're taking you know spiritual beliefs from people that wanted to set up a new world order. So it's really not too complex or too hard, you know. And it's not that we're trying to cause infighting. It's just stating the obvious. When you start, you know, you it's. I mean, how could you be, say you know you're against the new world order Illuminati, but then uh, be really into the ideas of Alice Bailey, who said she wanted a new world order. And then uh, as far as the term New World Order goes and then uh, associated, associating it with those UFO religions, there's this book uh, titled New World Order uh, Prophecies from Space, channeled by the Ashtar Command, which came out uh, right around this time of the George Bush speech, actually. But isn't that, is, I mean, that's funny just how you, you, the New World Order, they use that term, and then Ashtar Command is just so similar to the Theosophical Society. So, I mean, that really is the term that they, they use. So that is a powerful term, New World Order. Definitely. Um, just one more thing on that. It, 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 they do it for different people groups, um, like, like the seed groups were, were intended to do. Like you might have this Ashtar command people, you know, they, they're, they're only, the only are able to get to a certain amount of people. There's only a certain type of people whose paradigm will, will shape that. Uh, but, but that same, that same thing, which is that, um, there's an evolution coming. You can be like us. You know, in, on, in various different ways, they, they could be sort of ambiguous about how that happens or, or why it's supposed to happen. Um, but that m- primary message is taught to them. Where, and then you have on the other end people that are getting deceived about, let's say, 2012. It's totally different paradigm. They're believing totally different things. They have no no concept of aliens or anything in there necessarily, but they are believing the same thing that there's an evolution coming. Uh, very soon, and that you know we're going to have this opportunity to become like you know something different, and you know blah blah blah. And then you've got, of course, the more overt people that are saying that, like David Icke, who I mean, he says this this enlightenment's coming, and that basically at the end of every single one of his books, recent books anyway, he says that this this thing this is is going to happen, and it's going to enlighten the world. Certain people are and namely the Christians uh, are not going to be able to evolve and so they're going to be our enemies when this thing happens but you know if everybody thinks positively you know they're going to be all right and they're going to evolve and, and so what i'm saying is that the evolution concept is so it permeates everything and it's not so much that one group uh is is worse than the other or bigger than the other i think theosophy gets singled out a lot because it's it, it did such a thorough job. The, the channelings of Blavatsky and Alice Bailey were such complete works describing the agenda. That's why it ended up being kind of the the base level of the new the new age because there was so much information to draw from. So different areas of the new age took certain pieces of Blavatsky, like the Kundalini thing. That's a good example. You know, we we it's kind of just a part of our you know culture. Now, but of course, it was it was Blavatsky that brought that in there. Some people just took the Kundalini thing and ran with it, and and, and it's there's just so much for them to draw off of. So it's not so much that they're the big bad thing. I'm quite certain that if you went to the Theosophical Society, you know, the people behind that really, you know, they're not the New World Order. Uh, the New World Order was was the whoever wrote that stuff that Alice Bailey wrote down, and you know, 
this is the thing that's easy to understand. Alice Bailey if she, and, and people like Annie Besant, they were so prideful. Um, and if they had wrote it, they would clearly say they did. But these are people who are so adamant that they didn't write what they were writing. They said, this isn't mine. It's not, you know, I don't put my name on that, essentially. Well, they did put their name on it. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, I know that, that that's a good point. Uh, the fact that they say that it's being channeled by these uh, ascended masters, or and then yeah, I mean the fact obviously why wouldn't they take uh, credit for it? And uh, yeah, the writings, and, and and that's a good point. How you're saying you know it's not like necessarily trying to single out the Theosophical Society because like um, like you mentioned, it's just I mean yeah, this this ideology is in so many different. Um, you know, mystery schools or occult or organizations or religions throughout time through different parts of the world. And the, But the thing with the Theosophical Society is it's so... I mean, you read externalization of the hierarchy, and it, that's just one document that it just t- completely, completely changed my view on on everything. I mean, that book, absolutely... Uh, it, I mean, it was literally, when I was reading it, it sent shivers down my spine because it was almost like reading a blueprint of how to set up the New World Order. And... um and it's still just when I when I first opened it up, and then I actually went straight to the section where it actually said "New World Order," and, and you know, and they're actually using the term that we all know so well. And then also how you uh, you know you connected that type of ideology, but then it, that type of ideology is also permeating the the people who claim to be fighting the New World Order, and it it all fits into place uh, so well. But as far as yeah, this overall kind of ideology. Um, you know, like uh, William Cooper in his Mystery Babylon series, he talks about how it's just all these different groups, but they all have the same, you know, they basically say the same thing, more or less, these Masonic ideas. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Ashtar Command and then the UFO religions is another side of it. Um, but I think basically they're just, uh, you know, ripping off the uh, the whole idea of uh, the Theosophical Society, but then they just do it to make it more trendy with aliens and stuff. But um, as far as, as David Icke, yeah, I mean, uh, so you said in his early writings, I didn't, I wasn't aware he, uh, I mean, I know you don't want to give away too much because you're doing this, unleashing this big thing with uh, uh, exposing David Icke, but he was in, I, I had no idea he was into channeling. That's very Oh, nice. yeah, man. He, 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 I've got a book here, see if I can quote you something uh, from it here. It's it's pretty intense. Let's see what he says here. Um, Although there was a large amount of new and detailed information in this book, the basic, what is he, uh, let's see here, what does he say? Uh, since the tr- the publication of the Truth Vibrations, I have learned so much more. I have communicated almost daily with Rakorsky. Now, Rakorsky is a being that Alice Bailey came into our vernacular through Alice Bailey. I mean, he's communicating with Alice Bailey's Ascended Master every day here. The one I uh, have communicated with almost daily is Rakorsky, the one known as the Lord of All Civilization, who is directly responsible for the changes the Earth will undergo. I also communicate often with the one we know as Jesus, the spirit of the earth, and many others. He says, um, communicating with such beings on other levels of creation is the most natural thing in the world. Uh, so, yeah, he, he definitely was into channeling. Um, but his, what, you know, what's coming out now is the connection to theosophy, how you know he has this out sort of thing that he does where like he... He he looks back at this and he doesn't really talk about this anymore. Uh, he might even say, you know, this was a time where my head was going crazy and you know, I ju- he just had his 
well, Kundalini experience, which is exactly what the, you know, Luciferic initiation, all this stuff. So he says, you know, his mind had just been blown. He's, he's crazy at this point. Um, he doesn't really say that, but everything that he believes is the same. I have, you know, he still believes I was in a very recent, uh, thing he's talking about how this change and you, you if you if you've listened to a lot of this stuff you've heard him say this kind of stuff this change is actually going to be caused by the the sun he says the the there the sun is going to put forth energies that are actually going to do the work of of, of changing us now he doesn't go into details anymore about that what he means by that but what he's talking about is the solar logos uh now the solar logos is important to know because um, that's Lucifer. And, and he believes that the earth is a spirit in the same way that the, that the sun is a spirit. It's a god. Um, and I'll just read you something from uh, from here at Conspiracy Archive, uh, who had done a really great uh, thing on this. I was just doing, uh, I'd seen he had started talking about lo- solar logos and stuff like that. And I knew it was connected, but here's what it says. In part one of uh, well, he's talking about the Lucius, Lucius Trust logo, and it too features a stream of blue light, the New Age symbol in, uh, invented by Foster Bailey. It has a plethora of symbolic imagery. The symbol, according to Lucius Trust, is a set of limitless field of blue, which signifies a spear. Uh, let's see. What was I going to quote on this? Um, uh, the initiation, human and solar. Bailey mentions the five-pointed stars, the final two initiations. It depends on him, merges in him. Uh, let's see. It, I'm sorry, I can't I can't find the the quote I'm looking for here. Um, but anyway, he, it, that's not that's not where it ends. He talks about these. Um, I mean, everything about it. Here's a uh, chapter called "Living in the Light," where he talks about her. Uh, the, the, every concept that he says in here, it's the most theosophical book you've ever read, and every tenant of theosophy is believed here, which he now believes still, but he just doesn't talk about it anymore. But the problem is, is, is like. The the only conclusion that you can come to here is that the beings that he's talking to uh, were, were lying to him because, uh, well, first of all, a lot of these predictions didn't come true. But um, anyway, I, I, there's so much to say with this. My my mind is just about to explode with, with David Icke information here. But um, but the, the the bottom line is this. That guy is uh, – well, here – no, here's a really – I know going all over the place with this, but this is really fascinating – so he actually says here he's talking every day with Rikorsky. Now, Rikorsky is somebody that Alice Bailey goes into great detail describing this ascended master, and it's the it's the exact same term, terminology. There's absolutely no doubt in the world that he's talking about Alice Bailey's ascended master, Rikorsky. Um, but the the issue is, all of a sudden, nowadays, he starts to talk bad about the Theosophical Society and say, you know, it's a setup, uh, and um, he's quoting a guy named Brian Desbro. Uh, David Icke took everything, all his conspiracy stuff from a guy named Brian Desbro. Uh, it's kind of a mix between Brian Desbro and Bill Cooper in The Biggest Secret. It's not his original conspiracy stuff. And, I mean, it is word for word. He, like, took everything from Desbro and just sort of uh, – and you can you can actually go – I mean, the book's dedicated to him. He's not, he's not necessarily stealing it uh, or whatever. But here's the thing. Brian Desbro has this big thing against uh, the Theosophical Society and says it's obviously trying to trick the New Age into accepting a new world order and that these uh, ascended masters were created by the, like, by, uh, I think he says the Tavistock Institute and, you know, these names were just code names for people at the Tavistock and all this, all this view that Brian Desbro has. Brian Desbro has a bunch of crazy views, including the whole reptilians thing and they came from, they chased the Aryans from the Mars to the moon. All that stuff is Brian Desbro. Every bit of it. In fact, Brian Desbro introduced Arizona Wilder to David Icke, 
And Brian Desborough's early writings clearly show he knows way too much about mind control. And uh, it's clear that something happened with Arizona's testimony because when she actually says, I was made to learn, and as she says, the the reptilians came from Mars and they were chased the Arians to the moon, and that's her whole story of what the reptilians are. She clearly got it from Brian Desborough. It's a mess. That whole thing is a total mess. But nevertheless, uh, what's weird about it is, is Ike never seems to realize as he took on this new belief, and he says this in, in new presentations about how I believe the new age is, you know, uh, doesn't have it all right, and he bad mouths, uh, he bad mouths the ascended masters. He like puts a little thing of the ascended masters on the screen and talks bad about it, and um, he's basically just saying Brian Desborough's stuff that he got from the Big Secret. But the issue is, he he doesn't seem to have made the connection that everything that he believes comes from them. I mean, his whole everything he's bad mouthing the ascended masters, but. I mean, these first two books and, and detail his his worldview, which is, by the way, the craziest thing in the world. I mean, if you read how he – these books are about, like, how the world came into being and what the world's all about, this is crazy stuff. This book here called Love Changes Everything. Um, but nevertheless, uh, he he clearly still believes this stuff. So it's weird. It's just weird. He he He's an interesting character. I'll, I'll leave it I'll leave it there because I'm just rambling. i got so much to say about it. No, I can tell you. It's interesting. And um, as far as uh, uh, Chris, like if people, you know, automatically when people hear, if you're being critical of someone, they think, uh, you know, oh, you're just trying to bash them. Or, and I want to just say up front, uh, the first uh, big conspiracy book I ever got was David Icke. David Icke played a huge part in me getting involved in all this. That was back in, I think, 2002, around there, I got um, Children of the Matrix. And... Um, and I mean, so I, but when you're when you really are genuinely seeking truth, and you're not just seeking information that reaffirms things you already believe. Um, I mean, you know, sometimes people that you used to look up to and their ideas, sometimes you know, you know, evidence comes out that people aren't always what they seem, and that's uh, just something I've kind of I've kind of learned to deal with. You know, always expect the unexpected, and then. Um, I mean, when I first started out, I mean, it's just amazing how much, you know, people can change. I started out as basically an agnostic. I held some of these uh, kind of more, and you know, quote, new age ideas. But and but then things just, you know, they'll come to you. It's just amazing. Like, I didn't, trust me, I did not, uh, the, the things I believe now kind of came to me through, you know, things with peop- other people's research like Chris White and, you know, the documentary Aquarius Age of Evil and then also just reading um, the documents of, like the Theosophical Society. So my point is, I mean, uh, if you really want truth, you can't just, you know, say, uh, well, I'm not going to believe what he says about David Icke because I like David Icke. I mean, I think Chris White does a good job of presenting evidence of, uh, you know, of why he's criticizing the ideas of these people. And you never, I've never heard you stoop to real low personal attacks. You know, I know you don't hear you say, oh, he's just loony. You know, you don't do the, the, the shallow saying, oh, David Icke is just crazy because he talks about reptilians, but no, you. I mean, you do a good job of backing up, you know, their ideas more so than the person themselves, which I think is is key if you want, you know, to, you know, just be held to a higher standard and not just get into in you know mud slinging basically. Right. That, that that's important to realize as far as I know. I um, sometimes we'll get that, you know, that the that there's an infighting thing going on. We need to be, uh, you know, we need to be worried about the the overall thing that's going on and and, and all this stuff. And I would say that if I'm right, then we're all chasing the wrong thing. If I'm right, then the real new world order is, is winning and we are losing. Um, if I'm right, then we are all getting sucked into it 
and we, we don't really understand what they are wanting to do with getting everybody to believe that an evolution is coming. We haven't pieced that together. We've never even considered that what 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 that agenda could look like, or what, why would they would be pushing it? So I'm trying I'm trying to use everybody's um, you know this it's a vehicle in which to get to people to to hopefully uh, wake them up. If I if I suppose that's that's what it is. But another thing about it is that you know you say that and I too uh, first got into the conspiracy stuff through David Icke. Um, that's where, I mean, if it wasn't for David Icke, there, uh, there's a whole bunch of conspiracies that uh, I wouldn't have known about, you know, learned about all the stuff there, aspartame, fluoride, you name it. He, he taught it to me in The Biggest Secret. And, um, but the issue is that it's kind of like if somebody gives you some truth, it's got, oh, here's a good example. The Jehovah's Witnesses, great example. Jehovah's Witnesses will like tell you stuff like, hey, Easter is a pagan holiday. And you're like, oh, no, it's not. Easter couldn't be a pagan holiday. And then they prove it to you. And you're like, wow, man, Easter's really a pagan holiday. That's crazy. That makes sense. It's Ishtar and, you know, you got the fertility ritual and you got the bunny rabbits and the eggs. It all makes sense. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it is. So we've got all the truth. Come over here and join us. And and they just used it as bait. It's like the It's like the oldest psychological trick in the world. And if we think that our enemy is is not that at least that smart to to use some sort of bait. I mean, there's not a cult in the world that doesn't have some truth. I mean, there's they, nobody would join a cult that doesn't have any truth. So, um, you know, it's just basic psychology that we need to be um especially defend, defended against that stuff which um is, you know, the more unique the truth is. And that's why the conspiracy thing is so dangerous because it's so unique and important what you find out when you find out that the world uh, is not true. And actually, I got a really great video quote of uh, David Icke uh, talking about this same principle, um, which is interesting because obviously uh, he's utilizing it. But the that it is it is sort of a, a shattered paradigm thing that they have to rebuild because um, because when you have your world, you know, shaken like that you have to rebuild it and the problem is is that we're vulnerable and during that rebuilding process and our enemy is really aware of that wow that's a great point yeah that's actually the, and saying that how it shakes your worldview that's exactly how it was for me when i quote woke up and um i mean yeah it's because it basically makes you feel like everything you're taught um you know was a lie which is not you know which is fairly true i mean sure like you said there are some truths in, in you know in the mainstream establishment um but i mean for the most part i mean a, a lot of what we learn is a lie so then if they can do that i mean you know it seems this does seem like you know like a form of mind control in itself you know you know tear you down and then bring you back up into you know their philosophy so if there really is an illuminati uh, that's working towards very nefarious ends why wouldn't they have uh, you know people you know just totally tear down your you know your establishment worldview and then bring it back up and and to be in line with what they want, you know, the externalization. Exactly. Of that's, that's what my brainwashing is. I mean, that's where the term came from. It was the idea of clearing out a, a, a brain so that it could be reprogrammed. And, um, we, we, we are in such danger if we think that, um, conspiracy knowledge is the proof that somebody's okay. Uh, or, and, and we also have to be understanding of even that th they might even have the best possible conspiracy knowledge to make sure they have the best possible audience. 
and who would have more knowledge of the conspiracy stuff than uh, the the entities driving it in the first place? Why? I mean, if you look at Brian Desbro, the people you know where he gets his conspiracy knowledge. I mean, that guy says right out the bat he's getting all his information from spiritual entities that he talks with every day, uh, or or go you know even further. Um, and on down the line, I mean, as I said, Jordan Maxwell and, and or have I said before anyway, Jordan Maxwell and all these guys, they claim you know, Maxwell claims Pleiadians, you know, are the ones guiding him and speaking through him. So it, it's 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 the same thing. Yeah, no, it's it's incredible. I mean, I mean that's a good point that uh, if if you do have all this conspiracy knowledge, it would make sense to be getting it from the conspirators, but um. I mean, uh, so as far as these people, though, I mean, actually pushing uh, this conspiracy, the, the Theosophical Society, and the real New World Order that they talk about, I mean, do you think in your, I mean, I don't know if you have a real direct answer for this or if you know, but in your gut, do you think um, they are actual agents, they're deceived, you know, like they don't, I, you kind of hit on this a little in the age of Aquarius, but I mean, now that you've, you know, it's been some time since that came out, and now with exposing Ike, do you think this is all part of a grander uh, conspiracy, or do you think they really think that uh, what the you know this coming new age of Aquarius is? Do you think they really think it is a good thing, and they really are doing it just for the betterment of humanity, and they're just deceived? Though, I think the majority of these guys are deceived, and I think that if you were having supernatural experiences like the ones that they're having. And that are playing on their pride. Keep in mind, the first supernatural experience Ike, for example, ever had told him that he was going to save the world, that he was like the one chosen to heal the world and communicate the message that's going to save the world or whatever. You know, he was given this incredibly thing, very seductive thing. And granted, it was incredibly supernatural, all the stuff that he's describing. You would, you would of course, believe that. Who wouldn't believe that? Here you are getting communicated with these beings that are, you know, telling you this information. I mean, you can tell his shockedness of that when he writes about, you know, how his, you know, the pen would write and, and it couldn't be him because he'd never heard about any of these things before. You know, it, it's easy to get deceived when it's a prideful thing. Jordan Maxwell, another case in point, they told him that he was like this emissary from, from them to like save the world here. And of course, he's having all the supernatural things. We're, we are so easily deceived if we have pride. Um, that's that's it, it, humility is a defense against deception in a lot of in a lot of ways. But this this isn't this. Th but there are people out there. Don't get me wrong. That are uh, agents, if you will. The, Satanism in in a real deal, like the Illuminati underground Satanism stuff exists, and those people are out there. But even in that level, a majority of those people are controlled via multiple personality disorder, this kind of uh, uh, you know plausible deniability kind of thing, different alters and whatnot. So they're being used just as much as anybody. The main thing here is that everybody we need to have compassion on. Because even if there was an agent out there, like I think uh, some people are, I only can think of one that comes to mind, but uh, it's Alan Watt. But I, I think that even if there are... Uh, those type of people that absolutely know what they're doing, then they they still deserve our compassion because ultimately somewhere down the line, line they're deceived. Yeah, and uh, one point I know I know I keep going back to the documentary you're in Age of Aquarius, but there's just a lot of things in that that really kind of changed my uh, my paradigm. Um, one thing uh, I I don't think can be ignored. Uh, it's a pretty strong point that's made. 
is when you look at a lot of the people in the conspiracy movement that seem to move along unhindered and don't get attacked by the the establishment New World Order at all, or a lot of the people who push... Um, I know there's a few exceptions, of course, but I mean, like, the people you're talking about now, like Tazarin and, and David Icke and, and Maxwell, they push, you know, the kind of the mystery school um, ideology. Uh, but then, you know, you look at people uh, like Bill Cooper, Fritz Springmeier, uh, who was recently uh, released out of prison, by the way, and then uh, Fritz Springmeier, you know, and then John Todd, and then a lot of these other people that, um, you know, they had, they were, you know, silenced in very, very suspicious ways. I mean, Bill Cooper obviously was was killed, and I mean, there's no no doubt in my mind he was just straight up assassinated, but then the other people too were silenced by, you know, very sketchy you know, thrown right. into prison and Well, I think that's that's a good point, and, but I think we should be careful how far we take it, because that I think was time-centric and there was a time before 9-11 primarily that um, this stuff was dangerous to come out and it wasn't time to come out but I think that there's been a thing recently that all conspiracy stuff ultimately is good for that side at this point because they need to wake as right now it's a it's a mad dash to wake the entire world up to this concept uh, that uh, they can be evolved. It doesn't matter how they get to them if they get to them through aliens of 2012 or 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 you know just rampant new age stuff or whatever. It, it's it's going out there. Conspiracy stuff is the fastest vehicle for indoctrinating people into the the new world order mindset. So it everything is fair game at this point. To me the only thing that really still is people get killed for and whatever is those people that really talk about the underground satanic stuff. Yep. Um those people that stuff is never been allowed. Uh when you start talking about the satanic rituals and if you had there there's so very little evidence out there about that stuff. When when somebody get, comes on the news and talks about occult crime and stuff, you know, you could go to uh you know, any police precinct and they would know all about uh satanic crime, uh but they never talk about it. Um and there is that stuff going on on massive levels, but we have no clue about that. That is silenced all the time. So conspiracy stuff at this point fair game whether it's true or not. There may come a time in the future when that is I think uh going to be capped when they when they crack down on the internet and start cracking down a little bit more when they have more power but right now it's it's a very beneficial thing as far as i can tell from what i see happening is um some you know 80 90% of the people that are quote woken up end up with the exact same mindset that they have been that they were desired to get in the first place yeah and isn't the term uh, being awake or uh, awoken kind of that term, I mean, just in itself kind of creeps me out lately. It kind of sounds like being illumined, you know, being, <laughs> you ever notice that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enlightened for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a part of it for sure. It, it, you know, at, and again, of course, as we know, it's, it's healthy in a lot of ways to be, to be awakened to that stuff. You can save your life by not doing a lot of the, you know, the poisonous stuff and not going and, and there's lots of stuff that's out there that we absolutely had to always know. Um, but the very same individuals that have kept the secrets th had the power over the releasing of the secrets. Um, it, it's kind of it works this way uh, real real quickly, like in psychology of I, I would look at look at it like satanic psychology. If if uh, if Satan was the guy who caused the person to 
do the thing to to kill himself or something like that. He was totally behind that. Okay, you know, he had demons, you know, screaming in the dude's ear, you know, or whatever it might have been. And then the dude kills himself, and then he keeps pointing back at that to the rest of the family, and you know, and using that, saying, "Hey, look, I can't believe they did that. That was your fault. Oh my gosh, you know, you, you're, you know." He he utilizes that which he did in order to to just make the best of of every situation. Um, so this it's kind of a lot like that. Of course, all this stuff. He was behind all of it being hidden in the first place, but he's also now using it for his advantage. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah, that's very interesting. And then uh, one thing I just got to bring up before I forget. Um, I mean, it's it's all on topic with about you know the coming you know reigning in the new world order. And and you you talk a lot about when I was listening to the the past interview we we did today before we started just to kind of get a refresher of where we left off. And one thing you brought up in that interview, which is kind of interesting because the timing, right, it was right before a lot of this new UFO information came out. Some of this stuff that was absolutely crazy. I'm sure you've probably heard of a lot of it. You said in your personal belief you think one way uh, that they would bring about the New World Order, because you you were saying how it would have to be something completely huge, completely just just shake the whole world. Like, I mean, something 9-11 times, you know, a million or what you know. And you said one way you could see them doing it is through, uh, you know, either it's some sort of contact with extraterrestrials because from there they could say, look, we created you, that, you know, there is no God. You know, extraterrestrials come help us reign in this new uh, universal uh, brotherhood. And then after that show, though, then all this stuff came out about the UN appointing someone to meet with extraterrestrials. Then we had Stan Fulham, uh say the date he's claiming to be talking with the transcenders he calls them he said the date october 13th there'd be a major ufo displays over major cities and then that turned out to be pretty pretty accurate i mean new york had some and then they also claimed to have found that planet uh that could possibly have life the goldilocks planet and then all this stuff just came out right after that show and it's just i mean do you still hold that that i mean yeah i know you don't have a crystal ball so you have no idea how they'll do it but do you still hold that's a very strong possibility? I am I am more convinced of it every day. I mean, everything that I see points to that's the mechanism that they're going to use to get Farmer John to think that he is deserving a spiritual enlightenment that it's right around the corner if they can get rid of those that are holding them back. Spirit, the, everything that the that the channeling and everything has been trying to get people to believe is not possible to get John and Jane Sixpack to believe. Because they're not going to find out about the new world order, or excuse me, the new the new age. They're not going to be trying to get their Kundalini experience on. You know, they they don't care. But if you can do that, then you can validate this idea that hey, um, we can be like them. We can we can we're about it. If they if sort of, if they of course sort of uh, egg this on, that we can be evolved. There's an evolution yet for us. And we could be like them. And, of course, there's all kinds of dogma and stuff that goes with it. And I think the New World Order and the peace that will seem to come after that can't, and everything that comes with it, the, the abandonment of the idea of, of God and the, uh, the acceptance of the idea of the new evolution, the national sovereignty issues, uh, just totally going away, everybody joining hands, kumbaya, we're all a part of this. And and I look at Matthew 24, and I I can't. The more I'm doing a verse by verse study in that, and the more I look at that uh, passage, uh, I see that there has to be something major change to turn us into that world where uh, you know the corresponding passages like in Luke uh, 21 say. 
you know, parents are going to, you know, fathers are going to give their sons up to be killed and, and, uh, and brothers are going to turn in their brothers. And, um, this is, they're going to do like 1984, like the book 1984, when the kids were turning in their parents, because not because they were scared, but because they, they, uh, they believed the new system. They believed that there was an opportunity, uh, to sort of, to, you know, they're, they're true believers in the system. I, I know there's a lot to explain there, and I didn't do a quite, quite a good job, but it's basically, yes, absolutely. I think that the, the UFO thing, and, and all these these things that you mentioned, all they really are is the power of the media, which, again, is a pointing a finger back to an agenda, because all of those things are, are that you mentioned could not have happened without hype being created, and they've been doing this for a long time. Yep. With a, a story can become a story, like the, the UN alien uh, thing, that wasn't even a real thing. I mean, she wasn't, that's what not what she was doing. She was talking about near-Earth objects and, you know, meteorites and stuff like that. She had, you know, she totally denied anything like that. But that story circled the world and and carried with it a, a, a sub-story about, you know, we, we're starting to think about aliens and everything else like this. This this guy that says, or, uh, you know, he's going to, aliens or whatever, big date or whatever, it circles the globe in no time. Nothing circles the globe faster than a a prediction with a date on it, i.e., 2012. If you want to get something in the in the mind of of the world, put a date on something. And you know, of course, there's multiple different ways they could they could do that. And my my view of what they are uh, can can be manipulated just as quick as anything. But there, but it's just the media. You see it all the time with movies. Every movie for the last you know, seven years has been something to do with uh, aliens built the pyramids. They're coming back. They're going to destroy us. No, they're our friends, but it's just aliens, aliens, aliens. The, there is something going on in terms of a, a, a propaganda campaign that seems to have permeated all levels. You could say, no, it's just because that's what we like. Maybe that's what's hot and people are buying it. Maybe so, but you can look back at like Nelson Rockefeller funding World War of the Worlds with Orson Welles and Nelson Rockefeller having this thing to do about disclosure, you know, that's now going on. The disclosure thing is just a joke, you know, that's getting this pe- into people's minds. You know, the government knows about it. They just won't tell us, you know, the, the old, the old, like, oldest trick in the book, you know, pick up the toy that the kid's not playing with and they all of a sudden want to play with it, you know. Um, so it's just, it's just a big propaganda thing, and that to me is the biggest evidence that that's what we're supposed to believe. I'm glad you brought up the thing with the uh, UN alien thing being withdrawn. Yeah, it wasn't really true, but I actually I do remember I did read that. But the funny thing is, okay, this just proves how they're trying to hype the whole alien thing just in a major way. Because I remember, yeah, the UN alien thing was all huge headlines. You could see it everywhere. But when I saw that thing of them retracting and saying that she uh, she's you know not really an alien ambassador. But when I saw that, it was this tiny little sub-headline, you know. And then actually right. also with that Goldilocks planet, they actually ended up saying kind of, not, you know, kind of retracting that to a point. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saying like, well, we don't really know. But it's like whenever there's something that can show, you know, aliens. And then, like you said, yeah, people would say it's for, for ratings. But I don't know. I think it really is a kind of 
beyond that. And then they do. I mean, you can see this all the time too with Mars. Um, Frank, a uh, guy I used to do a show with Frank and Chris show. We used to joke about this because over the years, uh, it was we would we would time it about like once a month, maybe uh, well, it's probably once every two or three months, really. But it was like clockwork that they would put out these uh, stories about Mars that would so circle the the entire globe, and they would say life on Mars found or or water found on Mars that supports life or some grand headline that's like, oh, my gosh, and everybody's starting talking about, you know, Mars. Okay, can you believe the Mars thing? And then you read the article, and it's all like that life could possibly <laughs> be there if, you know, you know all these if if things. And that not, It's basically non-story with a super fantastic headline, and that would happen just consistently. Um, and by big news agencies that were obviously getting picked up all across the world, and, and it sure seems like somebody would have read the story and be like, um, this doesn't this doesn't have anything to do with that or whatever yeah it's uh but i heard there's a statistic though that the majority of people don't even really read the article they just look at the headlines so. exactly yeah so i mean yeah they just see you know oh you know they like oh uh, oh honey it looks like they found aliens on mars <laughs> they don't really read the article right exactly but uh yeah the, the whole thing with the ufos I, I did a number of shows on that i mean yeah that uh theory Seems to be making more sense. The Raelians, or Raelism, however you say it, that UFO religion believes that the story in the Bible um, is just actually a story uh, describing the the Elohim, uh, where aliens, it's just describing genetic engineering. And when they say God, they're really referring to aliens. That's what they say. Yeah, they're taking, I mean, they've got a not even really that modified version of Zachariah Sitchin. Uh, It's so so disprovable, but uh, so few people... Uh, you know, check it out. Sitchinisrong.com is a great uh, a great website. But Dr. Michael Heiser, it's not even it's the kind of deception that there's only one option. Zachariah Sitchin knew that he was deceiving people. If you study that website, there's not another conclusion to it. There's only one conclusion. Zachariah Sitchin knew he was deceiving people, and the reason no other Sumerian scholar comes up with the exact same conclusion because surely they would. I mean, why wouldn't somebody else come up? I mean. Surely there's people that can interpret those writings better than Zachariah Sitchin that don't have paradigms at, at risk or anything like that. The reason nobody else comes up with them is because you have to lie in order to come up with them. And I think Sitchin is wrong demonstrates that perfectly. Sitchin is wrong, yeah. I've, I've heard of people, um, the whole... To be honest, I never really even got into Sitchin that much, but no, I mean, I, if, if he's one of those guys that says we were seated by uh, aliens, I mean, yeah, I've heard yeah, that. He, well, he, he is the guy, and in fact... Um, it was his book in the in the 70s that started everything, the 12th planet, and that whole Elohim thing and, and all that stuff is it's a it's a joke. Elohim, it, most people still still use this today. It just drives me nuts. Like they'll say, you know, Elohim is plural, and that means that you know it's gods and everything. But but Elohim uh, is plural, and it's also singular. It totally depends on the context. A good example is like the word sheep. If I said uh, it could mean one sheep or two sheep, depending on the context. If I said the sheep are in the pen, the word are shows you that the word sheep is plural. But if I said the sheep is in the pen, you would know that the sheep that I was talking about is singular. And so it's it's just like a really simple grammatical thing that it's like George Maxwell does ancient history. Well, he does that too, but you know it's it's really a, it's a simple thing. It's, it's a little more complicated than that. I don't want to make it seem like it's that that simple but uh sitchin is wrong.com really goes into that in great detail and uh one point you made i posted a, a video and when i announced i was going to be interviewing you as this uh video i believe it's called just my rant to the truth movement 
Uh, you talked about how people, this is kind of a creepy point, but I mean, I think it has a lot of validity to it. It's how people that are now in the, you know, quote, truth movement um, could, you know, potentially when the time comes, if there's this huge cataclysm, could find themselves embracing the actual solution, you know, that the the one the new world order when they claim to be against this from the start. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's, the deception just runs so deep. And when you made that point, it's just like, wow, I could totally, you know, totally see that. Do you still think that's the case? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the reason we're being indoctrinated into it is to have less resistance when the new world order comes. Uh, the new world order should be better defined as the the new new world order. Like that quote that I read earlier uh, when she says, um, or, or Dejoie Cool says, um, that the new world order must meet the immediate need. Uh, let's see, where is it? Uh, the new world order must be appropriate to a world which has passed through a destructive crisis and to a humanity which is badly shattered by the experience. The new world order must lay the foundation for a future world order, which will be possible only after a time of recovery, of reconstruction and rebuilding. So, what I'm saying here is that um, when we are offered this utopia, it will be after a terrible time of uh, of war. I think uh, war planned and 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 easily planned. I think uh, it will ha- contain contain a lot of the stuff that the that the new world order has the power to do. Things like economic crisis, famine, war, a lot of terrible things that that they have the power to do. Pestilence. We're going to be in a big big problem that they're creating. But the reason they need that chaos and a perfect chaos is so that when the solution comes, everything that we've been taught by the, by the conspiracy world is going to seem like it's been destroyed. They're going to sacrifice what we think is the new world order. And what takes over after that will look absolutely different from the new world order. In fact, it's going to look a whole lot like what David at, it's at the end of every David Icke book. It's going to present itself like a totally different utopia. Listen to Alice Bailey describe the utopia. Listen to Ike describe this utopia. But notice also, every time, every single time they describe this utopia that comes after this this thing, it's conditional. I mean, everything that Ike says is an if-then statement. Uh, Tassarian, I've got this great quote in, in the in the uh, Michael Tassarian is wrong uh, video at the end of that. His if-then statements are about this this when this coming thing happens this new utopia that we're going to have, it's possible there's not going to be any wars and everything if, you know, if there's going to be certain people that are not going to be ready for it. And why? Because they're hanging on to the old age. They still believe, even though everybody just got proven wrong, uh, or, you know, that that God doesn't exist because, hey, the aliens showed up and everything, stopped this war or whatever. So, so, hey, they've been proven wrong, but yet they can't handle it because their paradigms aren't, you know, they, 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 you know, whatever. But in reality, the Christians don't buy it because the Christians were totally warned against this in the Bible. They said, hey, there's going to be somebody coming that's going to look like this, this Savior, and he's going to promise a whole bunch of peace. But whatever you do, don't believe him. So the Christians aren't believing him because they were warned pr- prior to this. But everybody else is just going to think because that's what we've been told. You know the whole thing about all oh, the Christians, you know, this whole the age of Pisces thing. Jesus was just, you know, he was he was symbolizing the age of Pisces. The reason that keeps getting drilled into our head is because they're going to say this new system is like a different thing. 
and we're still like part of the old age. That's what you're going to hear David Icke say. They're not going to say it quite that much. They'll say this. They're still hanging on to the old age, and they're going to prevent this new thing. And here's the thing that's going to really make it believe us, and this is why, the, of course, the anti-Christianity stuff is so important to them, because they keep telling us every day. If it's not every day, it's it, it's more than every every day. It's uh, the Christians are and the Jews and the Muslims are are like the the, the Judeo Christian religions are the reason for the wars. Uh, you know, the Jews are constantly fighting the Muslims, and the Christians are are uh, have to defend the Jews, and they 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 say that this is the whole problem. And so the problem is is that now they have the ability because of, obviously they control America, uh, they control the Islamic nations, um, they control uh, Israel. So all they have to do is create a war. It's the easiest thing in the world. They're really good at it. They've been doing it for a long time. And so that's no problem. But what they can do with the media is tell everybody, can you, you know, especially if it, if, here's the deal. We have to think out of the box. We have to think a little bit more futuristic. If, if indeed this war gets stopped, which is order out of chaos, look at that symbol. That's what they want to do. They need the chaos to be absolutely horrible. So. But if they can do that, if they can stop it, they can say, look, here's your proof that the wars were all caused by this Judeo-Christian religion. We just got out of this terrible time of war, and it was all because they of them. And now we're here. We've shown that what they believe, this whole Judeo-Christian thing, it's not even true. These people are causing all your problems, and what they're believing isn't even true. And and the only thing the thing about that is, is that the Muslims are going to be cool with that. And the reason is because uh, 600 years after the Bible – the Quran and the Hadiths and all these things paint the Imam Mahdi and the return of Isa. They believe that two people are coming, the Imam Mahdi and the return of Isa. 600 years after the Bible, that this prophecy is made of these two people that they're waiting for. They believe the Imam Mahdi is going to teach, reteach them a new Islam, a totally different version. Uh, and Jesus, their version of Jesus, Isa, is coming back. So the Bible, of course, you know, predicts the Antichrist and the false prophet. A lot of people forget him. Basically, what I'm saying is that the, the, the Muslim world is going to embrace this new system and change their views because that's what they've been prepared for. So the only people really that are going to be left that are part of this thing, that the, the wars that, that would cause humanity, and we're already, look, we, there's a possibility of evolution. Hey, just look at my uh, alienness. Uh, you can be like me someday, but there's still that people that are hanging on to the old age. And it's just going to be Christians standing there holding holding their Bible saying, uh, guys, this we were warned about this. And so the New World Order, this utopia, zeitgeist addendum, this, this whole thing is something that uh, it, it, I don't, it's not going to happen like zeitgeist addendum because zeitgeist addendum is just getting the idea in people's minds, you know, that this is the ultimate goal of utopia. The ultimate goal of utopia absolutely has to be something that is continually dangled in front of our face, whatever version it takes, whether it's Ike's. Sarians uh, or zeitgeist addendums. We all have to believe that someday in a, a, a utopia is possible. The, when it comes to the real world, they're going to have a very, a very uh, a solid uh, introduction to this whole new age thing. It's going to happen over a very fast period. Yeah, and actually, I'm glad you mentioned zeitgeist because I need to make sure on this interview we mentioned uh, in the email I sent you. I talked about the new preview for the new zeitgeist, and it actually it, it blew my mind because I mean knowing. What I knew about, you know, talking about the age of Aquarius and, the, you know, the new age and uh, and just the title of it. Listen to the title of it. It's moving forward. I know you know that, but and then at the very end of the trailer, it says the transition begins. So what is this starting to sound like? This just totally reaffirms the teachings and theosophy and all of this stuff. That that I mean, that ultimately is what uh they're pushing. But what what I don't understand with the whole zeitgeist thing though is why do they try to act like 
these atheists, but then when you look at their bibliography, they're quoting, you know, a lot of theosophists and, and you know, and New Agers and Freemasons and stuff. So do you think, do you think they really are atheists, or what? I mean, what do you think? What's the deal with that? Well, I mean, they, everybody sort of has a difference uh, of opinion about it. I mean, it, when you're the thing about the New Age stuff is that it's kind of loosely based. The only thing that is that you can't do in the New Age is be a Christian, a, a Bible-believing Christian. You can pretty much be anything else, and uh, and you can believe whatever you want to believe, and, and a lot of them believe a lot of different things. Uh, but they certainly believe in the supernatural. The question then becomes the source of the supernatural. And, and really, in my experience, and I know in the experience of a lot of other people, it's not really that well thought out. You know, They might have sort of you know half-baked ideas about, well, you know, I kind of think it's, you know, we're all sort of here and then, you know, we die and something happens and I think they're still here and, you know, ghosts I'm not sure of. And, you know, they haven't really thought it out. If there's really, if there's a, if they're into some sort of particular thing or like theosophy or something like, like that, it's, you know, it's solid doctrine. They have to believe the ascended masters are there and that's, you know, and all that stuff. But for the most part, most of us uh, that, you know, we're former truth, you know, former, you know, uh, uh, People out there believing the new new age and stuff like that um, didn't really think it out that well. But yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Their whole bag is clearly uh, at the undertones of it is um, it is very theistic in in certain ways. Uh, if there are uh, theosophists of, of a bent, that theism is basically reverse theism in that they're very Luciferian in their belief system. Like I just mentioned. Uh, David Icke, who keeps telling us that the sun, well, he doesn't mention it anymore, but he's certainly very adamant in his old books, the sun is an entity and that it's the one that's going to do the changing. If you decode that and you understand what he's talking about um, in his older books, he's talking about Lucifer's going to be the one to literally enlighten us in this new and the new thing. But, you know, it, it, but of course, Icke would be the first person to say that a version of a, atheism, you know, is sort of like, mm, we're all sort of God, so there is no God kind of situation. Okay, and one criticism I want to bring up when I when I talk about a lot of this stuff is, what do you think, I mean, do you think in order um, to be, well, okay, actually, this is just an issue I've had for a long time. So do you think, um, as far as, this is kind of going back to Christianity and uh, the New World, in the, in the new world, anti-New World Order movement and stuff, do you think um, you have to be, I mean, do you think you really have to be Christian to be against the Illuminati? I mean, do you think you could be another religion and still be against all this? Or? Sure. I mean, th these people are, you know, killing, raping, pillaging, destroying. I mean, who wouldn't be against that? Um, I, to be against it is, is not hard. And I think that, uh, that, that that's not the hard part. You know, the, the hard part, I think, comes when... Um, they're not going to have this gray area be around for very much longer. The stuff that they're working on uh, is to make sure there's only black and there's only white. There's ultimatums coming. There, there's going to be you're either with us or you you're choosing sides. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to make it hard to hide. So the question really isn't um, if you're going to be against them. The question really is are you going to join them? And as it currently stands a lot of us will join them because we won't recognize that it is them. Yeah. That, wow, yeah, you put it really well. Just started. And the, the reason I ask that is because a lot of times when I start um, advocating this and saying the teachings of Jesus are uh, basically the antithesis to the Illuminati, I mean, which is what I've been saying more and more, I get a lot of, a lot of criticism. And um, 
for the most part, it's all been you know pretty polite to bait. I haven't been. I mean, I've had a few attacks, but um, uh, it's just when I say that they think like I'm saying, oh, if you're not a just this, you know, someone who follows the Bible word by word, Christian, then you're evil, and that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is when you look at the doctrine of you know the Theosophical Society and things like that. It really does appear, and this is what I, I didn't come to this research from a Christian perspective. I've been led to the point where I am now just from the evidence. And you look at, um, you know, talking about how we need to enter this new age, and, and the age of Pisces, you know, Jesus is represented in the age of Pisces, so ultimately they, they really think the deity of uh, Christ is holding us back from the age of Aquarius. Is that correct? I mean, basically, I mean, they would say it that, uh, you know, that was just. Uh, that that idea basically needs to get in, that Jesus his era is ending and a new thing is beginning and really what that's going to take shape in is more the the people that are still trying to hang on to the old system and preventing this new possible utopia that's dangling on a, a carrot dangling on a string in front of everybody uh, and so that's going to cause the genocide that uh, that is is on the back burner of every channel message that I've ever read is a genocide that's coming. And I think, of course, if the Bible predicts it, that's what I was just saying. I mean, I could, I can't believe that stuff. You know, Matthew 24, when parents are going to give up uh, you know, their kids to be killed because they believe that they are, you know, they're reporting them like 1984 uh, was reporting them. So, yeah, basically, I, I totally agree with that. Okay, and then just from a um, really kind of down-to-earth perspective, very realistic. What I mean, I know you don't come off to me as one of those people who's an ultra-alarmist or anything, but what do you think people should real, realistically, I mean, because I'm pretty, I mean, I know I'm pretty convinced, a lot of the listeners are convinced that, you know, there are going to be hard times ahead and turmoil, you know, for the, the Illuminati to bring about their new world order. What do you think people should do to prepare? I mean, just from your perspective, do you think it should all be spiritual preparation or do you, do you advocate um, some sort of, you know, maybe some survivalist type preparation? Uh, the primary thing for me, and uh, I certainly advocate uh, um, preparing in terms of uh, any prudent means and things like that. But I, I, I am at the point now where I, I have been absolutely, without a doubt, proven that that God is real and listening to me and loves me, and that he, he this is the, the main thing. When I see this stuff happening, my my instinct is like, gosh, I have God. I, I, I don't I don't need this stuff. I have a God that can do anything. These pe- people out here that are going to be hungry and dying, I need to give them my food. I need to go out of my bunker and make them food because I have a way to get more. I have a God. I have some, uh, but they don't. Um, my, to me, it's like a fireman in a burning building trying to go to, to wake up a lot of people to the fact that um, they don't need to be in this alone, that um, that God is real. I think the spiritual development that happens after, you know, a lot of people misunderstand what Christianity is. Christianity isn't just taking on a new belief. It's a supernatural thing that happens to you. Um, your life starts to change. You start to love people that you, and, and want to help people that you couldn't have done on your own power. That love itself is not of you. Uh, the desire to learn about him and the desire to turn away from that bondage of the stuff that was holding you back, the vices and all that stuff it's not a resistance of it necessarily. Uh, it's it's a taking it away from you. You start to become somebody else, uh, and the re- and what you what do you do when you become this this person that you don't really deserve to be? That you didn't do it on your own. He did it for you, 
And the best thing you can do at that point, your, your single-minded focus is other people need to know about this. Other people need this. And so my my focus is is so little on my personal preparedness. I have a wife, and we have you know food stored up to you know get us through what uh, you know a few weeks a, a month or whatever, and so, you know Berkey water filter that kind of thing. But the problem I think with building big bunkers and stuff like that, unless you know that's something that you feel strongly that you're being guided to do or whatever, that's fine. I, obviously, that's a great thing to do, and, and pe- we need people doing that. Um, but ultimately, that will just become this this dark thing in your life you know it will be your god in a lot of ways i mean it's it's the thing sustaining you it's your only hope if somebody comes and tries to take it you will kill for it i mean it's it becomes this this terrible dark way to go out uh as opposed to as opposed to living for something and dying for something now i won't say it's all roses being christianity in fact like i just mentioned in matthew 24 jesus is quite plainly saying they're going to kill you because of me i mean they're going to deliver you up, and they're going to kill you. What's coming is like nothing else that's ever came. He was pretty honest with us. I mean, I, I got to say, but he's also uh, when you get to know him, he's a good God that loves us, and not only loves us uh, in the next life, but loves us and takes care of us here. Yeah, that's important. I mean, just the reason I brought that up was I know me, and then obviously a lot of the listeners. It's like when you start to really look into this stuff, and you find out the plan of the Illuminati and how absolutely dark and bleak it is. You know, you can kind of get that run to the hills type, you know, feeling, you know, that just want, you know, fight or flight, you know, just trying to just do whatever you can to survive. But ultimately, I think, yeah, it does come down, uh, you know, to faith in in God. I mean, because, you know, like they say, times are going to get hard. And I really think I found, you know, that saying there's no atheist in in, uh, foxholes. We're going to start seeing that to be more true as things kind of start to deteriorate. People are going to, you know, get back to their faith, basically. And trust me, this isn't a, a, a type of pacifism because if, if you know all the things that we're finding out, how scared they are about this power that that Christians have, the authority that Christ has given them, uh, that's what they're really scared about. That's the weapon that they do fear more than anything, and that's why this genocide is coming because it's the one. Because once they get that out of the way. It, the rest of you guys are going to be able, easy, easy targets. You know, the Bible calls Christians the salt of the world. We're preventing the inevitable decay of this world in the same way that salt prevents the decay of meat. He's scared to death, Satan, of of this power. It's the only thing that can stop him. Uh, if you've ever seen dealt with a demon, that becomes very evident that they are uh, that they are absolutely terrified of the authority of Christ in a Christian. And they aren't scared of a single other thing. When whatever goes down, goes down, it's going to be one of the darkest, most demonic things uh, in the history of the world. That's what's coming mostly. As as we talked about at the beginning, this thing has been spiritual from the very beginning. Everything that's been set up has been a spiritual agenda. Right out in the open, it's been a spiritual agenda. It's right under our noses. Uh, There is a general behind the spiritual agenda. And... What are we going to use against a spiritual enemy? Huh? I mean, do we have a weapons that we can use against them? Uh, the real weapon that they're scared of is not uh, is, is not flesh and blood, and uh, the real weapon is spiritual. So, uh, in Ephesians six twelve is a good version of that. Pick up your Bible, check it out. Yeah, um, I, I have been coming to that same conclusion uh, more and more. It comes down to ultimately a spiritual uh, spiritual warfare, but um. So as far as uh, things to expect, things to come, I know uh, Russ Didzar talks about, 
these sleeper cells, which uh, are, uh, you know, these the sleepers, the the black awakening, which is, I mean, if that's not extremely frightening, I, you know, because he, and if people, if you're not familiar with who he is, I, first off, I'd check him out. He has some of the just mind-blowing stuff. Uh, if you go to, I believe his website is shatterthedarkness.org. And, uh, uh, net. Net, okay, I'm searching it right now. Uh, but yeah, so he okay. He, what he does is he is actively involved in spiritual warfare, and I can tell you from a personal uh, perspective that it is real. Um, I and the last show I talked, I won't talk about it too much now, but I was you know deeply getting attacked uh, through sleep paralysis and was able to turn that and so many other things in my life around by watching uh, Stop Sleep Paralysis and then going to StopSleepParalysis.org and then ultimately. Uh, re- you know, resorting to the Bible and calling out to the the uh, deity of of Christ, and then, um, anyways, going back to him, what he says is there are all of these sleepers, these uh, trained uh, satanic super soldiers that, and he knows, and he's hearing this from the horse's mouth because he is involved in spiritual warfare, so he's doing a lot of deliverance and exercising demonic entities. So, and uh, basically, he says what's what'll happen. Is there will be like a 9/11 going off in every type of city once these uh, people are called upon? Do you uh, do you agree with that? Um, I, I think um, I certainly agree with Russ's uh, research. The the thing about I think the triggers that are inherent in multiples and multiples and how closely tied it is to satanic ritual abuse. Everybody that has satanic ritual, or rather, everybody that has multiple personality disorder, we're talking probably 90-some-odd percent of the cases nowadays, also has satanic ritual abuse. People can have MPD, multiple personality disorder, in a natural way. If they suffer trauma, they can dissociate a particular personality. But what we're talking about is a a structured uh, system of personalities that were created. Whenever there's that going on, the stuff that the Nazis brought over, there's always satanic ritual abuse. Now, in that system, and satanic ritual abuse is, uh, you know, uh, the being brought to rituals. They have, you know, memories of, of rituals, and that's used for programming. It's also used to demonize certain personalities, like assassins, to give them more power and things like that. But the the issue there is uh, that they do have programs that can be that are have triggers, and when you get into those programs, they're very meticulous. They they uh, have a job to do at a certain time that seem to be associated with this chaos that's created out of the dust. And basically, the idea that I, I get from it is they're, they're going to create a chaos that when the dust settles from that, um, they will be in power. Uh, and they call themselves the soldiers of the Antichrist. Uh, so, so it's kind of part of this order out of chaos thing. It's definitely a possibility in, in terms of how it, it could happen overnight type thing, uh, or at least be part of it. I, I have uh, I have racked my brain trying to figure out how that um, scenario could work in terms of how the media would deal with it, be, because I can't think of a, a excuse that the media could have that all across the world everybody starts going crazy unless it was associated with. Uh, what I mentioned earlier, the alien thing, yeah. because uh, uh, it, I think we were set up with the Rockefeller thing to because then Orson Welles and that whole thing when you know aliens have landed and people jumped out of windows and killed themselves and acted crazy. I think there's a precedent set in the minds of people that if that happened, there would be just mass craziness and chaos and people going crazy. And a lot of these um, people, 
uh, as a, a Spali, a great Illuminati defector who was a former programmer, detailed uh, a lot of these people have front altars that are uh, that are like you know big in the church and stuff like that or, or whatever. Um, so basically, what I'm saying is that there could be something like that where they could be blamed on Christians going crazy and you know ended up doing all this stuff. But I have absolutely no. No idea how that could play out, but I do agree with them that they seem to have these programs. And the other thing about triggering multiples is, um, you know, a common way to trigger them is through, you know, code words or whatever. You call up a certain personality, you know, let's say they had 30 personalities and you're looking for the assassin personality and you're the handler, then you've got a certain trigger. It could be, well, it's probably a number of triggers. One would be, you know, something to do with a word or something, but there's also tones. They can get a call and there'll be a tone that will call up certain uh, alters and then, but anyway, so that's the scary thing is that these that there seems to be an idea that uh, a trigger can go out in a different frequency. Like there's there's a possibility that there's a frequency based trigger that could go out on some kind of line or something like that that would cause this uh, black awakening to happen. But um, don't know. It could be it could be event based. It could be they could tell the personality when you see such and such happen that is the trigger for this whatever personality to come out and do its program. And um, one thing I want to hit on spiritual warfare is a question, a huge question I've had that I've never really been able to answer, It's a, but it's a pretty straightforward question. Um, so if, there, if there's this spiritual warfare, which I've had evidence of in my own life, and you can just see it, um, you know, you can see it within yourself, and you know, also within yourself you can see it on a grander scale within the world, just, you know, these two opposing forces. Um, but the thing I don't, I can, I can't wrap my mind around is if these demonic entities, for one, uh, are forced to respond to the deity in the Bible known as uh, Christ. If they're forced to respond to him, that means that they know of uh, of Christ's power. But then, what's the? Why are they? What's their purpose then? Because I mean, ultimately, you know, in the Bible, obviously, you know, uh, Yahweh, you know, is victorious and. And so it's like, do they really think in spiritual warfare they're going to win? I mean, it just, you know, I don't understand why. It, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that a good example would be in the Bible where uh, the demons would also say, often say stuff to Jesus when he was dealing with them. Nobody had seen any of this stuff happen uh, before, but the demons would also often say stuff. One incident they said, what are you doing? Are you here to torture us before our appointed time? Um, they know it's coming. They know it's coming. And but they but that was the question to him. Have you have you come here to torture us before our point in time? The I, I think that there is a belief, as twisted as it is, that uh, in terms of Lucifer uh, or Satan or whatever, that he can win. I think that the reason I think that is that um, a lot of the things that he does seems to uh, seem like he's trying to win. Uh, I think that there's a there's a few things that you can – there's a, like every time that there's like a conditional thing that, you know, Christ can't come back until so-and-so or, you know, new prophecy is revealed, he seems to actually attempt to thwart that. As soon as he hears some kind of thing about like prophecy, a good example is there's sort of a, a obscure kind of prophecy that the, the Jewish people will uh, realize that their Messiah has wounded hands and wounded feet, that they will petition – uh, for the Messiah, they will realize he was it's Jesus, and that is sort of like a precondition, kind of sort of. But I think that that's that's essentially the the, the idea behind his attempt at complete destruction of the uh, Jewish people. 
because he thinks if he can destroy them all, that he can stop that from happening. It's his only hope, if, if you think about it. He knows the prophecy that, that this return spells his end. He knows that, at least on some level, he can't he can't deal with that. But at the same time, he's trying everything possible. you got to give him credit. He's extremely, um, you know, his work ethic, if nothing else. But um, So I think that on a demonic level, they are just, they're just following orders. The, 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 what they understand more than anything else is fear. There is a hierarchy uh, in the demonic world. I think Ephesians 6 does go into that. Uh, you know, we wrestle not with uh, – let me get to that re- re- real quick. Uh, yeah, that, it, that's a great verse. It, it, it shows that at least there's some sort of um, – there's some sort – of hierarchy going on there in terms of uh, their ranking. And I also have noticed this in terms of experientially, but uh, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, There seems to be uh, authority of of demons. Russ Dizdar, we were just talking about, he speaks a lot about in a multiple. Oftentimes there will be what he's termed a power demon uh, that seems to be, that there's a number of demons under him that in a deliverance session, it's in his training sessions, he talks about uh, dealing with that entity first and, and getting that out before. And then the other ones will, you know, be easier and all this stuff. So, but also basically what I'm saying is that they're in like an exact military system. That demon may be more powerful than the other demons, but they're still ultimately uh, in a military system with Satan as the, the ultimate, person who's directing their their primary directives so uh so they still have an agenda their their basic agenda is to um help build this system to build this the structure of the system that will eventually enthrone him and that's what this whole new world order thing is doing every single conspiracy that we're talking about every single you know you know whether it's the Raelians or whether it's uh, the ascended masters every 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 demon involved in these programs is helping to shape and and prepare the world for uh even the the police state stuff is to prepare the world uh for him uh, that is the the Antichrist, because he's going to force people to worship him. And that's ultimately what his goals has always been, is to force people to worship him. He he can't do what God can do, uh, but he is, he's got a pretty good plan, I think, to actually force people to do it. And I think the microchip has something to do with that. But um but it's going to be a it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, no, that's a that, you made a pretty good point as far as um yeah, him trying to you know pervert you know the the plan as much as he can to maybe kind of slow his own defeat. Um, him meaning you know Lucifer, Satan. So I mean that kind of makes sense from a spiritual warfare you know perspective of you know trying to you know basically postpone the inevitable for him or you know maybe he really has maybe he really does think he's going to win and he's just uh, doing all in his power you know that he can to stop it. Right, I think I think you can see the the fear of uh, of the demons in, in throughout the Gospels, but yeah, absolutely. One other thing, Russ Dizer always makes the point because of you can see in the military, like a lot of these military weapons developers and stuff like that will like have day jobs doing that kind of stuff, but then they write books about channeling you know Egyptian gods and how they're talking with all these beings and everything, and they're getting these ideas that'll pop into their head to build this crazy you know new weaponry and stuff like that. And there's so many different. I mean, that's that's all over the place. And if you think about it, if you were 
if you were Satan, if you had demons and, and at your disposal, that would be a great place to to start giving people these ideas because they they have the power to create these weapons. But the interesting thing is what seems to be the nature of these weapons that they're developing and stuff seem to almost be like they're actually trying to physically defend against the return of Christ. I know what that sounds like, even if you were just listening to this, like, okay, that's crazy. But that's what seems to, like, and you look at the theology of it, uh, you know, they're they're talking about this, you know, return of, you know, whatever. Uh, anyway, the, 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 the easiest way to, to tell is to see what they're, being told to do by their own words, you know, they're they're being told this by some Egyptian god, quote unquote, to how to build some crazy weapon. Yeah. So anyway, it's just this idea basically that they actually are thinking that they have a chance in, in this return. Of course, uh, it's also it, it's part of his twisted nature. I mean, if you think of how crazy it is, he would be a created being uh, thinking he has a chance against. An infinite being. It's not. It's not even a fair fight. But that's just the nature of the blindness of uh, of pride, and that's exa- exactly why David Icke and the rest of them can be deceived because, you know, pride is such a, a, a easy way to be blinded. Yeah. No. It's all. It's all about manipulation. And, and then people who uh, think you know they're quote oh we're so awake they they you know a lot of times won't be able to see that they're being, uh, you know, man- manipulated and used. Um, just a few other notes I have here that I wanted to bring up to you. Because uh, I was just taking notes, listening to the work you've done, is that clip you you've used, which is very creepy. I want me, you to give me your analysis of that. Uh, the um, I think it's the the Denver airport drawing. If you can tell me uh, your theory, because you, one time you said you think it's literally going to play out exactly like how it looks in that drawing. Yeah, I think it's a. I think that's a good example of what we were talking about: the order out of chaos, how the new world order will be sacrificed. And that the real new world world order will actually look like the new age that we're all that all us truthers are are fighting for that we've actually been tricked to fight for as opposed to fight against or be warned against that that depicts people uh if you'll notice there's this this big like you know uh death mask person you know obviously military guy with a dead with his machine gun he's he's all dead and the and the Christians are dead but the, and the whole world is um giving up their guns and there's this new thing and they're all circled around uh this this thing um it's just it's just obviously picturing a new utopia that the world is united in uh freely giving up their guns and everything because of this new peace and you're looking at dead Christians and dead New World Order. The I think that the New World Order is a vehicle, as we currently understand it, uh, is going to be sacrificed because it's going to look like a part of the old system. The old system is being painted as dark as it possibly can be, so that when it goes away, what saves us from it will look much, much brighter. Um, so they're they're getting the world ready for a savior by making it as terrible as possible. Whatever, if we, you know, truthers out there, uh, if somebody saves us from this new world order that we all think is impossible to be saved from, you know, we're, we're on board with that, regardless of, you know, what it is. Supernatural would be better because that would that would prove to us that it's not a part of this old system, you know. Some some rider on the white horse would definitely uh, save us. Yeah, and that uh, that whole painting is, is very bizarre and creepy, and it shows it has that, uh, the... That, like girl with the cross and the casket. What's that all about? 
I mean, you know, my interpretation of it is that the Christians aren't going to be allowed in this new utopia. And I think that's obviously what the what the demons are saying. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, and yeah, and the, the thing with the truth movement is, uh, you know, they, a lot of times people have this attitude that we're so different than the the mainstream, and you know, we're we're so awake. But they actually, in a lot of ways, emulate a lot of things that you know mainstream society does. And they're, like you said, if the, if there's an individual, you know, this ascended master, Maitreya, or whatever you want to call him, the Antichrist who comes around, who, yeah, promises to, you know, end all the corruption and all the pain and suffering. I mean, I've seen, you know, the um, the truth movement get in this just flock mentality, this where where I could absolutely see them, yeah, just propping this person up. And I'm going to use an example. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to bash him politically, but, like, with a lot of the people, you know, in 2008 with Ron Paul, he was complete, you know, he's just a person, and he represents a lot of ideas I agree with, but... It's just this this herd mentality of just totally, you know, this infallible person. You just got to be really, 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 really careful of that, you know. Definitely, I think I think to make it, you know, we would all have something to say about, you know, something like that. But um, that's why I think that the alien thing is is the best way to not just indoctrinate us that feel like we're seeking the truth, um, because that would look really look like something that has the power to to stop all the wars. Because they could prove that there was nothing to fight for, quote unquote. Because you know, even, not that the wars were actually fought because of religious differences anyway. Because it's just manipulation, uh, you know, and other many different reasons for the wars. But yeah, I, I think that that would be the the primary way, not just to get them involved, us that are actually have a chance of resisting it, but those that have no that are American Idol watchers that don't care about anything else. They've just been, you know, they've been indoctrinated enough by the movies and stuff. They're 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 expecting the same thing subconsciously, but uh, but that has the ability to unite the world in a world kind of way, a world without borders. You know, uh, what's his name? Big Big New Brzezinski's you know book comes true, or because or whatever whoever wrote that book that uh, um, because that takes the the whole world is united. Oh my God, we're we're all part of a, a global civilization, and there's obviously religious connotations to uh, these beings showing up. So this world religion, of course, that Alice Bailey is so emphatic about, uh, then becomes finally reality. But not a second before then, no, no Ron Paul or anybody else is going to create make the make the Hindus drop the Hinduism and Islam drop the Islam. Uh, it needs to be. If Alice Bailey's stuff is going to come true, it has to be, it has to be nothing short of something like that. Yeah, and then um, I was going to mention um, as far as we talk about the Theosophical Society, but I haven't. I mean, I'm sure you probably. I haven't heard you mention too much um, as far as setting up the New World Order and the fact that they could use extraterrestrials as a way to get people to unite. What do you think, though, that the uh, Catholic Church would play a role in all of this? Well, there's definitely a lot of people that um, see the Catholic Church as, you know, the entity that, uh, you know, has the power somehow to, to make everybody in a world religion like that. Yeah, I just I just can't even fathom that happening because that's been – they've worked so hard in making everybody hate the Catholic Church, uh, yeah. which is, you know, justified pretty much. I mean, but, but the – but the but the issue is I can't see how that could be used to unite the world religions. It's not practical uh, because it's been used. As, it's been the mask that they wear to make sure everybody gets mad at the same thing that they've been doing with, uh, uh, you know, lots of other stuff. So what role does it play is that it gets really ecumenical and um, it gets ready to um, be able to take on this new theology. I think 
whatever comes back is going to be relevant for the Christian that doesn't know their Bible. It's going to say, no, this is Jesus, and Jesus is cool with this, and Jesus, and they're going to say stuff like, you know, he he was real. This this new thing is uh, what he was talking about. Um, it just was a little different than, you know, the Bible says, because the Bible's been, you know, miswritten and all these things. They're going to badmouth the Bible say, yeah, it was pretty good for what it, it would have got changed or whatever. So it's pretty close, but this is what it was really talking about. And we'll, we'll they'll, the, the lackadaisical Christian world will be fully embracing this new situation because, um, you know, it will seem like it. Oh, my gosh, this is this is the thousand years of peace and Jesus has returned and oh my gosh, this is it. Wow. And again, it's going to look like just beyond the door, a utopia. So why wouldn't they go through it? The only people that are going to resist this are the people that are reading their Bibles. That's why the Bible keeps saying, you know, that's why the Catholic Church, most Catholics uh, have never read the Bible. They're told not to read the Bible. They're told they can't understand the Bible. Um, So most Catholics, Catholics would have never read Matthew 24 and said, hey, you know what, this is, uh, looking a whole lot like what was written here or written in Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, or in Daniel, or in Zechariah, or in Joel. I mean, this is this is uh, what we were warned about, guys. Yep. And then one thing I want to hit on the Bible um, is one. You made a great video saying that how you don't think the Bible was changed by the Illuminati. Because if there's one thing I hear all the time, it's that well, we don't really know about Christianity because it probably you know Council of Nicaea was changed. Uh, by the Illuminati as a tool to control us. That's the one thing I hear all the time. Definitely. I mean, it's it's what I call like a rubber stamp that people put on something so they don't have to think about it anymore. It's literally a one-liner that people don't actually understand what they even mean by saying it for the most part. Uh, because if it were true, people shouldn't just claim it. They should be able to prove it. It would be the easiest thing in the world to prove. If the Bible was changed so many times, then... Because there's more copies of it and fragments and, and quotations and, and full codexes and in and, and every type of form. There's 5,000 some odd fragments. There's 26,000 other uh, versions on it of different you know uh, quotations and different things. Uh, different continents, totally different time frames, more than any other text in the history of the world, bar none. There's not even close. I think next is like Homer's Iliad with like five or six copies. And those differ incredibly. Uh, and not just on little things, they differ on huge chunks of the storyline is different in those five existing copies or whatever it is of, of the Iliad. But here we're talking about 5,000 copies of the Bible, 26,000 other early references of it, and they don't differ at all. It's, it's, it's literally a miracle, I mean, to have this many different copies by different people, and they don't change. Um, if the next person that tells you that the Bible has changed so many times, just tell them, just tell them to show, show you where, because there's... There's plenty of evidence for you, them to prove it. It's got to be more than a claim because it's too easy to – there's scholars, you know, nobody thinks about – there's also really good textual scholars that really hate the Bible out there. Why wouldn't they just prove it? Why doesn't anybody just pull out the text and show, here the Bible said this, but back here it said this? And this whole idea about the Gnostic Gospels and stuff like that uh, is just – it's for the people that don't look into it. Um, if you put it on a YouTube video and some fancy music in the background, you might believe it. But if you actually looked at the dates and stuff like that, it's impossible. Even the even the Gospel of Thomas scholars, which Thomas is the only one that's possibly earlier enough. The other ones are just jokes, basically. But the Thomas is 100 years after the fact. Absolutely no, no evidence of it before the 100-year mark. Uh, even the scholars are 
absolutely know this, uh, the Thomas scholars that want it to be there, they say that the only reason um, that what gives it its validity is the fact that it's written poorly. They say because it's written so much worse than the Bible, then it was a predecessor for it uh, because they say, you know, you, you, build, you do the bad thing first and then you get the good thing. So Thomas is, is uh, you know, they, or they might say that, that Thomas is valid because there aren't any records of it. They would say, uh, yeah, the because it was all it was so important that everybody like took it away and burned it and whatever, and that doesn't make any sense. I mean, if your evidence for it being there is the fact that it isn't there, it's a terrible <laughs> argument. But but the whole idea about Nicaea and stuff that's just a joke. I mean, Nicaea didn't have anything to do with the Bible uh, canon and all this stuff. They um, that uh, it had to do with uh, something called Arianism and. Uh, a few other things, but I mean, it's, it didn't have anything to do with it. The idea that the canon was created by the Catholic Church and the Bible's books were chosen and stuff is just like a thing created by Dan Brown. Um, the the basic idea is that everybody, you know, the early church were getting killed in Rome for 300 years, circulating what we now call the Bible. They, the four Gospels, the letters of Paul you know, uh, Jude, James, Peter, all these different things. They've got records of them, you know, that this is the ones they believe and stuff like that. What was what was done later on by the Catholic Church, which I think, you know, was actually uh, a lot of different stuff going on there, but basically it was confirming what everybody already knew. And the reason they did it is because uh, at that time, many hundreds of years later, we're talking 400 and some odd years later, people were trying to get Thomas and say, oh, Thomas and, and these things, you know, whatever. This was like, no, these are the books that have been there forever, this is it, you know, and it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a conspiracy. There wasn't any. It's absolutely clear. But but the but the main point is that uh, um, that it's just not true. A lot of that stuff that Dan Brown says, you can. There's a cottage industry of Dan Brown debunked stuff out there. It just doesn't exist. Yeah, and I just want to read you real quick a response I made to someone saying that saying that um, if there was anything good, it was co manipulated and co-opted by the Illuminati. And then that made me realize a lot of times people, and especially in America, because, you know, it's kind of the establishment religion, even though people don't really follow it. But they always associate it, you know, kind of with the status quo, even though we can all prove that even regardless of what religion they say they are, they're much more, uh, you know, you know, they're much closer to Satanists than they are to Christians. But so let's just say people, a lot of times people have this distaste for um Christianity because they were raised about around people who called themselves Christians and they met all these Christians they didn't like. You know, it's kind of this establishment thing, so they, they look at it in a very negative light. I know, personally, that's how I used to kind of view it, and then I just realized I needed to look at the actual doctrine and not just what people who claimed to be following that doctrine were doing, but look at the actual teachings of Jesus. So what I said to this person who was basically saying how it's a tool of the Illuminati, and then I said, um... Let's see. Uh, I said, um, I think you're mixing up the church with teachings of Christ, though. I used to think the same things uh, as a teenager, and I hated Christianity and thought it was controlling. And then I said, uh, sure, the religious institutions are mind-controlled uh, operations, but the teachings of Jesus were not dogmatic, and it was about if your heart was in the right place. And I said he was totally against the church. And then I said, this is the point I wanted to bring up to you. I said, um, see, religion can be used by those in power as a force of manipulation regardless of the underlying doctrine. For example, here in the U.S., they can uh, say to kids, you know, be good or uh, you'll go to hell. But then I, I knew someone from a Buddhist nation, and she was saying uh, the, the establishment would blame poverty and hardship on people's past lives, saying they weren't good in their past life. So they were, so basically they were taking the doctrine of Buddhism 
and then the social engineers were using uh, religion as a tool of manipulation. So it's not saying, uh, you know, it's you, they can use it however they want, you know, it's but they're but they're perverting the doctrine. So and that also and then just real quick, that just ties into the point that all these people here are against Christianity because that was the establishment religion. But then if you, the rebels in like a Buddhist nation would probably just have the same, you know, distaste for Buddhism because that's how they were raised. Right, yeah. If, if you want, there's a there's a video out there I did called Religious Wars, Fact or Fiction, where the main thesis of it was that all these so-called religious wars in the past had nothing to do with the true believers of the religion. It was the state manipulating the doctrine to make people fight the wars. Uh, the Shinto Wars, uh, uh, Islam, modern Islam is a perfect example of that. And, of course, the Christian crusades and all that stuff had nothing to do with Christian doctrine. Where, where, what part of love your enemies, do good to those that hate you, pray for those that persecute you and despitefully use you? What, what part of that can you use to, to fight a war? Jesus' teachings has nothing to do with that. Uh, put away your sword, Peter, has nothing to do with go kill Muslims. And, and But people have this complete disconnect from it. Because the establishment is telling them they're Christianity. When George Bush says, hey, I'm a Christian, but I go to Skull and Bones in the Bohemian Grove, for whatever reason, we believe them. But here's the issue of that, that the, the shocking thing is that us that are so-called enlightened here in the truth movement, that we, we can actually believe that the establishment is Christian, knowing full well that from cradle to grave, we are taught uh, everything but Christianity. We're, we're told about evolution, and there's no possibility of, of Christianity being told. We're, we're told in our in our in our universities, a vicious form of anti-Christianity, and here we have the nerve to think that uh, that the establishment is Christian. And the only people that are really Christian are your grandmother, who's been trying to get you to figure it out for the whole time, you know? Uh, and, and that's the establishment, your grandmother. She's the last one standing trying to... Trying to the, the establishment, the status quo. The rest of them is absolutely anti-Christian, trying to get you to believe the exact opposite. And for some reason, we believe that the establishment is Christian, and it couldn't be any more ridiculous. Yeah, and then also that, and then people in the conspiracy movement like to say uh, religion is the cause of all these wars, but we know that's the a lot of times the mainstream view of history might have you believe that, but I thought in the conspiracy movement, we you know we kind of subscribe to the conspiratorial view. In reality... A lot of the wars and revolutions and, and famine and death was actually caused by the Illuminati. You know, it's by the, the conspirators. So, I mean, it's kind of strange. You know, they'll, they'll subscribe to the conspiratorial belief in one thing, but then they'll, when they uh, want to, they'll switch sides and go to the more mainstream view of things when it suits their uh, beliefs. You know, it's like they pick and choose what they want to believe is basically what I'm saying. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, but man, thanks for doing the interview. Is there any uh, last things, any last points you want to make? Because I think we did a good job of covering things. Yeah, we, we sure did cover a lot. Um, if anybody has any questions about anything that I've said or whatever, you can email me and you uh, can do that at uh, nowhere to run 1984 at gmail.com or you can contact me through my website, which is nowhere to run radio.com. And if you have any questions about the Bible, about Christianity, or about anything that else that I've said here, just uh, give, me a, give me a line and we'll talk about it. Okay, so the, yeah, the website's nowhere to run uh, radio.com, you said. Yeah, and then uh, also on YouTube, it's nowhere to run 1984. YouTube.com slash nowhere to run 1984, and you could just people can just spend a long time there just to, you know looking at the research you've done. That's a great YouTube channel. And um, once again, I want to apologize to the listeners because uh, I've already had people sending me messages saying that they're pretty disappointed because they uh, really wanted to call in. But uh, sorry about that. I mean, it's Blog Talk. This is Do It Yourself Radio. I'm not Rush Limbaugh. This is all. You know, 
this is just bare bones, you know, uh, just just me. So sorry about the mistakes, you know, it's bound to happen. Um, hopefully in the future we can have, you know, Chris White back on again to answer your guys' questions. And uh, But thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for doing the interview, Chris. No problem, man. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to that David Icke project for sure. Cool.